I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. 24-7 Comedy Radio. Thing sucks. Step out of that shit like a homeless man trying to change his life. We do it so fresh that we do what the fuck we want to do. Yo, me and E, we get the green room is brought to you today by Amazon. Click the Amazon link on SeanTGreen.com to support the green room today. And now, live from Silver Lake, California, the host of the green room, John Green. All right, everyone. Welcome to the green room. We're doing it live here on SeanTGreen.com, presented by our good friends over at 247comedy.com, and of course, our good friends over at Amazon as well. We got a lot of good friends in this web game. And of course, it is dad and grad season, so you just go to SeanTGreen.com, hit that Amazon banner. They actually have a uh, number of uh, deals on uh, power tools and the like. I mean, who doesn't want a uh, Amazon gift card? Literally, Amazon has everything perfect gift for the dad or the grad um the left-hand man mr logan lysico is mia he's not in studio but fortunately we have a guest announcer and uh the guest of this program himself mr matt knutson matt thanks for coming on the show on t green thank you for having (laughs) me and uh you know that was 46 times of doing exactly intro and that was the best one that we could get up with. No, and so. uh, and I thought you nailed it, man. I well, thought you nailed it. Thank Not you gonna very lie. Much. Well, once you lower the bar of expectation, yes, everything's a pleasant surprise. Well, yeah, I mean, it's hard. I realize we're just hanging out in my bedroom, which is essentially the Silver Lake Studios. It's not so, like the first time we've yeah, done exactly. this. Eh? We've all we've done this. It's way less time. homoerotic. Just a couple of guys getting together doing a podcast. We have our shirts off. It's not <laughs> related to the show in any way. Yeah, it's it a little stuffy in here. We took our shirts off. It's summertime in L.A. Exactly. I need someone who's going to put sunscreen on my back. I I survived skin cancer on my back. I'm a I'm a victim of skin cancer. Matt came over. Yeah, it sure, it seems inappropriate to put on sunscreen at this hour, considering we're not going to be out in the sun, but you can never be that prepared. UV rays can penetrate clouds. I'm sure they can penetrate a shirt. Hey, I'm just listen, trying to protect myself, man. Anything can penetrate anything, and I think you know <laughs> what I mean when I say that, Sean. It's a gay joke. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's right. It's the motto of the green room here. Well, appreciate you uh, coming over, Matt. I know you're I know you're a very busy guy My in the pleasure, show man. business world. I was just here two weeks ago uh, at your pool party. Yes, pool party. Green and Company pool party. Uh, and now, what what uh, what was your take on the uh, Monday pool party or oh, Memorial Day? Well, I had a blast. I was here playing that. Uh, well, it's called cornhole, exactly. But uh, I was playing the the beanbag toss game. Yes, from the moment I got here until I left. Oh, really? Yeah, I was like on the list. I was playing with Adam Hammer. Okay, Adam another Hammer comedian that's been on the podcast. And, uh, he was like. I, I guess like the MC or, or he was the guy who was keeping the list. All right, everyone next up is Nikki followed by Jeff and then Duncan. Yeah. You know, he had that like on his phone. So <laughs> I, I walked up. He's like, be my partner. So we played cornhole, uh, for like a dozen games in a row and it never lost. And I was just like, I started to see the sun go. I was like, ah. <laughs> now had you, had you played cornhole before? One time before at, uh, uh, Andy Woods. A pool party. Oh, okay. Andy Wood, another comedian who has pool parties as well. A rival, a rival pool party. Happens. Exactly. Yeah, there is sure. a uh, there's an unspoken rivalry between That's... me and Andy Wood, who's a comedian in the Valley. Well, so it, yeah, he's a comic. He has pool sure. parties. Were you that kid in school that had a pool that everyone wanted to go in? No, I wish, Matt. I wish, Maybe sure. this is me just trying to relive my childhood in which I didn't have a pool. Sure. I was from. Uh, I grew up in Pennsylvania. I don't mm-hmm. know if you know that, but I I was from Pennsylvania, and not a lot of um not a lot of uh built-in pools i mean there were i i feel like the majority of the pools in pennsylvania or maybe it was closer to like a 50 50 split right. were above ground above pools, ground pools <laughs> now dude. i just remember my mom just hating the idea of oh, even an above ground pool absolutely. like uh, such an awful idea it's just like this is how desperate for entertainment we are <laughs> we're gonna have this be on the front lawn it's, it's like a, it, the above ground pool is just so <laughs> unsatisfying it's almost like I, I, I'm just thinking bumper, uh, like, uh, you know, when they, 
if you go bowling, you get bowling with oh, bumpers. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. there's there's almost that same sort of you have to climb up on this thing, and yeah, it's better than nothing, but it's like barely. Eight hundred gallons of disaster waiting to happen. <laughs> it's and every like, time you see one on like a funniest home videos, it's because the side things split and it's right, like, exactly. they all pour out into the front yard. <laughs> it's just it's yeah, you're literally minutes away from the entire thing busting open. Sure, you just destroy the lawn underneath, yeah. and it's just this. It's no one. I, I don't think anyone's ever said like, "Wow, that's an amazing above ground pool." Like it always, <laughs> always comes off as an eyesore. You know, I, in my time, I've seen many above ground pools, but yours, <laughs> exactly, yours is something special. I really, it's really fetching. You don't hear that. You, you don't, don't hear that. No, you don't even once. It's kind of like uh, the outdoor version of the waterbed. You know, yeah. the waterbed's always ready to get popped when the kids jump on it. It's always ready to ruin your speakers. Yeah, and and much like the waterbed, you think like, oh man, this is a great thing. It'll get me girls. Oh and, sure, and I then mean, really... that's the only reason to buy a waterbed. <laughs> exactly. Ladies, you buy a waterbed and a time machine from the exactly. 1970s. Yeah, 70s, early 80s. You know, sure. people are less uptight about coke, and, yeah. and you know, <laughs> hooking up with chicks was easier to come by. It was a sexual revolution. Hey, why sure. not? throw the waterbed in there because the waterbed I, I imagine i imagine it doesn't i've never hooked up or had sex on a waterbed right but obviously before my time and uh, i've never had sex but the sure, um, well, there's that I yeah mean, there's I, that if you're gonna say that uh, uh you know yeah um the uh I think what it is is the same is the same reason why I had a blacklight and blacklight posters in college is that it doesn't actually help you get laid per se. What right. it helps is it gives you an excuse to take a girl to your bedroom. Like, sure. yeah, hey, yeah. do you want to check out my waterbed? Right. Okay, right. now you get to sit on the waterbed, and all of a sudden the ice has been broken. Sure, in yeah, the same yeah. way in college, it's like, hey, you want to check out my blacklight and blacklight poster? Yeah. Sure. Oh, you have to, I have to turn the lights off so you can see it. It seals the deal for you. It, <laughs> it gives a just Justifiable reason. Well, hey, listen, I don't know. If I just got this thing up there. I don't know if it's your thing at all, but yeah. And and the girl is kind of put in a position where it's like, oh wait, uh, you don't want to go hang out on a waterbed. This is the bed of the future. Literally, yeah. you're just rejecting technology. Right, right. And there's got it. There must have been this weird point in like the early '90s, late '80s, where all of a sudden. She was like, no, I don't want – like women had caught on to the right. idea that this is just a way to lure you into the bedroom. And she's like, no, I've, I've seen enough waterbeds. Right. And then there's like an awkward <laughs> – the, the novelty's gone. <laughs> the thrill is gone. You say, yeah, but in the heyday of waterbeds, you could just say, oh, I see you don't want to come into the bedroom. Oh, because you're made of stone. Okay, well, anyway, <laughs> listen, uh, this has been great. You could really decide who you had a future with by yeah. now. Yeah. It was a simpler time, Matt. So now where where are you from originally? Uh, you know, I was born in Honolulu. Uh, wow, really? Yes, yeah, uh, Hawaii. It's the one by Alaska. Yeah. All, uh, the maps. Uh, Honolulu, Hawaii. Yeah. And I was raised in the Midwest. My family moved to California from North Dakota. I went to high school in Orange County. Oh, Orange uh, County, California. Orange County, California. Okay, so wait, now, when did you leave Hawaii? I was still young. I mean, you know when you're, there's that age when, as long as you're under 18, whenever your, your family picks up and you know, ships off. You're of course coming with them, right? Unless it's L.A., in which case you become emancipated. Yeah, exactly. At 14, I'm ready to have my own thing. I got an agent, mom. Why don't you blow off? Yeah. I got, I got a table read. I get to get to. Yeah, my manager's going to be buying my coke from now on. <laughs> exactly. Mom. Thank I you. I don't very need you much. to sign off on this old lady. Yeah, I mean, were you uh, uh, born and raised here? Or where? No, where no. I yeah, I was originally from Pennsylvania, but yeah. Oh, that's I, right. The thing you just told me ten minutes it's ago. All right, it's all right, man. I'm not much for details. We're both learning about right? each other. <laughs> both on the hearing podcast. them and remembering them. Not a fan of details okay so so you basically grew up in the uh, orange county area yeah yeah i mean you know the uh teens teens on up and then after i got out of high school i was a merchant marine for about five years so wow i worked on uh ships so i shipped out of new york went to okay like, now real quick yes. I, it sounds like you're getting into it but the term merchant marine was always confusing to me right uh, it's not military. It's all civilian. So it's just people who work on ships that aren't in the military are merchant marines. Oh, like okay. If you go down to Long Beach, you see a container ship. The people that work on that ship are merchant marines. Okay. And like no, no, no affiliation with the government no, at all? No. I mean, sometimes uh, merchant ships will be under government contract. But oh, okay. a lot of things are under government contract, like farmers or you know truckers or things like that. But uh, okay, so now, are, all right, you're you're in high school. How do you right. get in the uh, merchant marine game? 
I met a guy that did it, you know, like most things that you, anyone falls into, you like, I, I met a guy. Yeah. I, I met a guy and he knew a guy and then I like hung out and then I was in. Yep. Know? Yeah. But Same way it. I got a waterbed. I met a guy, I got him on the waterbed. I uh, got him in the above ground pool. <laughs> I got him to do my podcast. And exactly. And that was it. The yeah. full spectrum. The full spectrum. No, I met a guy uh, who introduced me uh, to the patrol agent in Wilmington, California, which is Long Beach. I filled out an application to go to this training school, which is in Maryland, uh, Piney Point, Maryland. Uh did that and then got out of school. My first job was a ship going to Africa. In ninety three. Okay. Four, now, what? Um, yeah. you didn't. Uh, you, you seem like a smart guy. Was... No, I, I, would, I wouldn't go that far. Sean, <laughs> I, I do appreciate you. It. Well, I mean, you you seem like uh... Uh, you guys didn't see this. Uh, he rolled his <laughs> eyes after he said that. Well, you seem like a. You seem like a smart guy. I mean, you would I know you're. I know you're a complete idiot. Right. But to sure. the to the non <laughs> to the untrained eye to the untrained eye, you seem like oh, he's a believable doctor and stuff like that. You sure. you you seem like you would in you know when you're acting, you seem like you would play a smart man. Um, but what uh, how would you describe yourself in high school? You're a big guy, were you were you jockey? I did did the sports. Would you uh, wail on nerds at all? I didn't wail on, I didn't wail on anybody. I mean, yeah. you know, they, they, fortunately be... there's not moments like cuz I think if you're like a dick to people even if you don't realize that at the time, there's a time in your life where you're going to come back and like, oh, you're like 40 and you're like, oh, dude, when I was 18, I beat up that guy. I don't have anything that keeps me up at night, you know, which I think is a, you know, a decent. You policy. have a clear conscience. Clear conscience. But you uh, didn't, you didn't, uh, you didn't, you weren't involved in any crazy, uh, you didn't see some shit as a merchant marine. Dude, <laughs> I got, uh, well, you, I don't got ha- you don't have like a Vietnamese kid's ear <laughs> well, in a I, box sure. somewhere. Like, have, you know, you were, you weren't there, man. You weren't checking those books. Sure, I have a necklace of yours, but not anything <laughs> weird. I mean, okay. just, just standard, normal stuff. Yeah. So this, I mean, that seems like kind of a non-traditional thing. Yeah. You're you're growing up in Orange County. I imagine kind of typical suburban lifestyle. You say you're you're into sports. Yeah. Now, why uh, why Surfing no college? And, why uh, uh, why not college? I just honestly, I I signed up for uh, a junior college. I was there first semester, and when I was enrolled, I was just. Bored to tears. I couldn't take it. I was just like, oh, it felt like such an extension of what my whole life had been to that point. Yeah. I mean, when you're five, they start you in school. And right. And then you do that for, you know, 13, know. 14 years. Yes. And <laughs> you're when already you get to be an adult and make your own decisions. You can decide if I'm going to, you know, pursue that. Yeah. We were talking about this, uh, last week on the, on the podcast is that it would almost seem better from like 18 to 24 is you're just, you're not going to college. Instead, you're just going, trying out new jobs, figuring out what you want to do for your life. Then maybe 25 to 29 is when you go back to college when you appreciate, Oh my God, I have free time. I can yeah. learn. Yeah. I can really, I know what I want to do because it's a lot of pressure, especially now kids. It, it's so much just to kind of keep pace just with the technology and what all the activities and what they just what it is to be like a normal teen is a lot of work I feel like now and I, I feel like it's tough to kind of figure out what you want to do before you go to college yeah. and if you don't have that kind of figured out before you go to college then you're just in college kind of killing time you got to get accruing debt <laughs> exactly accruing major debt not for you as much as your parents right but for you eventually yes your parents right. um yeah you're 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 racking up a credit card mm-hmm. you still got you got a lot of partying to get out of your way oh, sure. out of your system and heaven forbid you party and then study simultaneously <laughs> it's usually you're taking classes that are very expensive that you couldn't you know you couldn't care less for but uh, yeah i mean if you actually sit down and do the math like wait we're gonna pay i uh, you you have to pay seven hundred dollars to teach an 18 year old kid about astronomy and that's like the last thing he wants to do it <laughs> it seems insane like it seems it was the only thing that was available i wanted a uh, french <laughs> cooking but I just it seems like why not just waterboard the kid and yeah. save seven hundred dollars because yeah. it's going to be painful he's not going to retain any of the knowledge no not if your, it, your head's not in the game then no if you don't apply yourself you're i mean i understand obviously if you want to be a doctor or a lawyer you kind of have to get at it right away but if you're just going to college for four years to get a liberal arts degree why not wait a couple mm. years yeah um australians uh when they're in their early 20s they'll go on something called a walkabout and they just travel the world yep. for like two to three years uh israelis all every israeli has to be in the army for two years after 
you know, they get out of school before they do the next thing. Yeah. So, no. I mean, hey, that'd make a, you appreciate the freedom, huh? Yeah. Yeah. When you're it's these... not your, it's not your choice. And it's not like you got dragged into it. I mean, from your whole life growing up, you're like, oh, when I turn 18 or, you know, 21 or whatever it is, I'm going to be in the army for a couple of years. And that was just, I did you know. a, uh, I did a show. What was it? Um, last Saturday, mm-hmm. and it was on the West Side Comedy Theater. Ed Galvez's show, The Punk House. Very, I love that venue. Very fun show. Yeah, oh, yeah. The, the venue's gotten a lot better. And anyway, Ed had run into these two Swedish kids at a punk rock show mm-hmm. and gave them rides to the show. And That's then cool. so we ended up dropping them off in Hollywood. But it's always funny. Like you'll randomly run into either in Hollywood or just around in L.A. Uh, these kids like you said either australian yeah. swedish there's a lot of people that are just like hey we're here to see america <laughs> and their thing was they would only eat fast food like they were just infatuated right. with american fast food and so they were just asking <laughs> what is wendy's you speak of yeah, <laughs> and just had all these hilarious had questions That's hilarious. oh it was so great yeah when i would uh get off a ship like in between jobs i would go backpacking and take trips like that only like i'd backpack Central South America for like two, three months or Europe for two or three months. So I was like the inverted version of, yeah. I don't, I don't know if I ate as much fast food as these kids. But <laughs> well, I think they were budget. just like, they were just so crazy that they were just like, should we go to Denny's or IHOP? Like yeah. they were just, they were just in, cause they had heard of all these places right. and just never got a chance. It's so so sorry. I didn't mean to well, kind of, no, that's okay. No, I didn't mean no. to cut off your, um, you're, you're basically your merchant marine tail. So no, you, 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 you said, cut me off perfect timing. <laughs> I ran out of steam. You saw it in my eyes and you made the move. Exactly. Good I'm call. like, I'm a good point guard. I yeah, know what I'm sure, doing. Sure, sure. <laughs> so now, um, we'll, we'll get in a little basketball talk later. So sure. now, now, uh, you, it's, you said you did a semester at junior college. You weren't really yeah. feeling it. No. Uh, uh, a guy came and just basically explained like, Hey, there's this merchant marine lifestyle. He had, uh, a video of him, he and a, another friend riding rickshaws around Thailand. That's wow. when it, that's, and it was, I came to a party. I was working at, uh, at an office depot. I came to this guy's party. And he had the video playing. I was like, what is this? But he was like my age. So he's like, oh, I do this. And, you know, I met a guy. who. Well, no, yeah. That, yeah. I mean, I could, especially if you're just working at Office Depot, uh, going to junior college, I feel yeah. like it's pretty easy to sell you on a lot of things. I think those options are going to be available <laughs> in 30 years after I give up completely. I don't need to give up completely at 18. You, you never know? hear anyone on their deathbed of like... <laughs> Their last, their last remorseful statement just, I wish I would have stuck in that Office Depot career track. I regret it all. I pursued my dreams and saw the world at a young age. <laughs> Dad, why are you, why are you saying this on your deathbed? Son, son, just, just let me whisper this into your ear that if you, if you could find a steady gig where you sell office supplies at a reasonable markup, don't let that slip away. Son, regret is a harsh mistress. <laughs> Don't. That's like. Uh, <laughs> Meanwhile, your kid's probably half Thai because he meets some chick in the Merchant Marine. So Charles Dickens. I mean, that's you know thematic. Yeah. Tale of woe and regret. I didn't balance the sheets right before I punched out <laughs> the last time. I could have sold so much more cardstock. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So he Classic. sells you on this. You're you're at a party. He sells Correct. you on the idea of like, hey man. You can uh, you can kiss your Office Depot smock goodbye yeah. and just see uh, the world. I just had to wear a blue polo. Oh, okay, sorry. And, uh, <laughs> and khakis. I didn't work in the copy center, so yeah. copy center people get. Yeah, that was kind of that was that was like you're not doing food prep. Why do they got to wear a smock? <laughs> I feel bad for those guys. Yeah, I think because it has the pouch for various uh, <laughs> a sundry items, paper clips, exactly, tiny rubber bands. Some, somehow nerdier than the pocket protector. Sure. I mean, if you're feeling aggressive, maybe the staple remover. But you got to look out those little claws. Yep. Don't lean against oh, the counter. That, that sounds like trouble. Yeah, yeah. So you, uh, what was your first mission, or, or how does it work exactly? The first job that I ever got out of school uh, was I went to Somalia for. Uh, uh, I was on a like a military contracted ship that was going there to pick some things up. So I f- I flew down from Piney Point, Maryland, to Savannah, Georgia. Got on the ship and sailed across the Atlantic through the Suez Canal. To Somalia, uh, Mogadishu, and uh, Mombasa, Kenya. We were there for you know like about a month. Came around 
South Africa and back to Savannah. And then I took the ship to New York Harbor and then that was it. But that was my first like job, job. Okay, now what what are you actually doing on the ship? Uh, when you come out, they don't really expect you to know a tremendous amount. I mean, you have a basic uh, uh, learning curve, but it was like CPR, first aid. I did like firefighting school. At, they had some uh, – our training school had something with the University of Maryland where we could use their fire school. So you like go in like a burned out Oh, wow. That sounds fun. You got to do the full – you know, because – if See, you're now at- you're actually learning real-life skills. Instead of me wasting my time at Penn State learning about <laughs> stars that I don't give a fuck about, you're learning how to save lives. So you're talking about, like, stars like, you know. Exactly. Yeah, yeah Henry not- Fonda and Natalie Wood. Exactly, the stars of today. And, and that could be either, either a, a degree in astronomy or uh, film history. One or the other. Either one's a complete waste of money. Either way, you're hanging out in the planetarium, <laughs> high, wasting everyone's money. <laughs> talking to the professor who still hangs out with the students. <laughs> Where's the He's the patch? cool professor. Yeah, Corduroy. Just call me Roy, everyone. <laughs> hey, it's all right. Hey, Professor Roy's pretty down to earth. <laughs> Listen, I got some wine in my Boda bag. I'm going to be right back. Just give me a few minutes. Yeah. Call me Roy. Okay, so... So yeah. sorry. What no, no, so, what is like the actual work? I, I'm sorry. I'm... No, when you when you first come out there, like I said, they have you have that basic uh, education, but for the most part, they don't expect you to know a tremendous amount. So you're coming out, you're you're the entry level kind of trainee level, and you just work in the in the deck department. As I moved up the the scale, I went back to school, and I guess the Navy equivalent is like a quartermaster. Which is a able-bodied seaman, which is like a guy who stands watch, and uh, I would steer the ship. Really? Yeah, that would be that was okay. My so you basically I was in the deck department, I would steer the ship. Okay, so a little bit of navigation. Imagine just keeping, keep helping run the ship, basically. Yeah, I didn't go um, to officers' school like a lot of the people who are maybe making that a career will go through like mass maritime or there's one uh, Kings Point in New York. Those are people who are going to be career sailors. They're officers and they go through the navigation and all that. Uh, that's extensive training. So I knew a little bit of it, but I wasn't charting any of our courses. You know, they would do the chart work and then give you the heading and then you just kind of manifest their directions, so to speak. Okay. So yeah. just following directions, guiding the following ship. Following directions. And then, uh, every time you go to a port, uh, there is a, uh, a patrolman, or a, what is it, harbor man? Oh gosh, I'm forgetting the term. A pilot. Thank you very much. Uh, it's a okay. pilot. I, we're not big in the merchant marine. No, no, I, one, I, no one's going to call you, you out. Just in case anyone was like jotting this down, which <laughs> I'm assuming many of you are, and, right. and why wouldn't you? Uh, a pilot. When you go out uh, to a, a port, every port has. Uh, a collection of pilots. So they'll come out to your ship on a pilot boat because their specialty is that harbor or that landing. So once the pilot's on the ship, uh, he takes control of the ship from the captain and gives you the course corrections and, and where to go. Oh, okay. So basically you get it to as soon as the water is kind of – you're getting close. Yeah. Then the the guy who knows the area very well comes out and helps really bring it into – Yeah, exactly. And he also – the pilot has a walkie-talkie that he communicates to the tugboats. So the tugboats will push the you know the bow and stern in and out as it really gets close to the dock, and then I, since I was in the deck department, I was the guy you know all hands on deck, putting the lines out, tying up the lines, and then once it's tied up and secured, then the uh, the tugs go away and the pilot goes down the gang you know the gangway and a car picks him up and and takes off. Sounds like a sweet gig. Yeah, and they make like really good money. But oh, I bet. There's a, such a tremendous amount of responsibility. Right. Yeah. Guys. You, can, you, you get liquored up and then crash. And then you're the first guy, like that yeah. one, uh, that one pilot recently who got, um, where was that? It was, uh, the, the Greek. Captain. Yes. The Greek yeah. captain. Yes. Who like got off. If you'll excuse me, I'll be fleeing in terror. He yes. was literally knocking over women and children. <laughs> he said he fell into a lifeboat, which is just, yeah. I understand lying. Like if your if your wife catches you, like oh hey where were you oh I was out uh, hanging out with my friends right 
But when you're when you're confronted with such clear evidence to right. just insult people with a lie that's just so obviously not the truth, why do people do that? It's the, I think they just try to almost convince themselves, like, wait, I'm not I'm not that huge of a pussy. Like right. I, I I slipped and fell into the you lifeboat. Don't un- you don't understand. You weren't there. You don't understand. <laughs> yes. And then they uh, stick to it and they. Uh, Begin yeah. to believe it themselves. Well, I think there is a psychological angle where you yeah. try to convince yourself. No one wants to come to terms with the fact of them being an awful human being. No one is ready to accept the fact that they're a terrible person. Now, Matt, you always hear in the Marines or just everyone I know in the uh, in the military, especially in their early 20s, uh-huh. it's about, okay – all right, the ship's tied up. We're here in Bangkok. Let's yeah. go out. Let's party. Did you have a lot of? Uh, did you have some wild all, all times? The time. yeah, yeah, all the time. And the thing where is, was where was like the place to go? Where did you? Where was like the dream gig for well, Virgin Marine? Well, um, I remember going to Hong Kong, China. This was uh, it was New Year's. It was the last uh, New Year's that that Hong Kong was going to be in British control. And the next year it was going to be given back to China. So they, I went downtown to downtown Hong Kong and the <laughs> Hong bars, Kong's must have been. it was just madness. It was the only place I've ever been to in my entire life where there were one way sidewalks, like all the sidewalks. You could only walk in one direction on that sidewalk. You couldn't try and cross the that stream, so to speak. So if you wanted to walk south, you had to walk across the street and walk in the same direction as with all those people. And even with that, you were still just being now you pressed must have, up you must have stood out. You're a very tall guy. And back then, I used to have really long hair and a beard. Like, <laughs> I really look like a like a Viking. You know? Oh yeah, so, I can imagine. Yeah, in the uh, I go to China and be walking around the streets and stop to look at a map, and I look up and there's like five people. Like, <laughs> Kind of staring at me. People would come up and take pictures with me. And it it's was, funny. It's just like, oh, this. How tall are you? What are you? Six, six two. So, oh, yeah, okay, six two and change. All so, right. Um, I I don't think they thought I was anyone like famous. I they just, just thought like this well, is um create. Uh, this is kind of the American warrior look or something. Yeah, and uh, you know, a lot of the Chinese are they're smaller. They're more uh, you know diminutive. They oh, all very. have dark hair. They all have dark eyes. So if you're not that, you're really not that. Yes. So yeah, yeah. I mean, blonde haired yeah. guy from California. Yeah, they wanted to come and try whatever English they had learned to see if it registered <laughs> with you. You know, hello, hello. Yes. Okay. G- USA. USA. <laughs> Yeah, and it was just – I felt kind of honored to be an ambassador in that sense. So you know. It's one of those things where you know a little bit of the language where in the same way you're kind of doing that move where it's like, hello, my name's so- – Right. And they almost sound like, oh, they sound slow in a way. But you realize it's a language barrier. I almost right. wish I could – I was fluent in Spanish and could hear what my Spanish sounds Ugh. like to people. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I, I get that experience like I sound like a, oh, yeah. a retarded Latino guy because it's just like – May I'm like my name is Sean. May I'm Sean. May gusta la playa. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I like the beach too, Sean. Thanks a lot. <laughs> da, da. Yeah, I do speak Spanish, but it is at that level that you're talking about. It's right. Like, it, I, if I was like uh, in remedial school, I'd be in like the third grade that got held back like a couple of times. So yes. I realize I'm using the correct words, but like the conjugation and you know the f- well and and just your speed is really slow, and then you're remembering words and then like throwing them out there. Yeah. So I got through Italy speaking Spanish because oh, really? they're both like Latin. A- so based. similar. Yeah, I would just do that. And maybe even if they didn't understand, they got the gist and size. They, he's, he's, tra- he's not speaking English. At least he's not speaking English, for God's sake. They say. appreciated that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, where was – um? so Hong Kong, that was, that was probably – Hong good. Kong, yeah. And then a lot of times I would just – you know, I'd go on these, these trips. I did um, – Europe, I started in like England and went through Germany, Italy, down to Greece and kind of up through France and did that for about three months. And so when you're doing that, you're also in the hostile scene. Oh, yeah. So people are, you know, 10, 10 of you guys, we're going to a bar. <laughs> and it's the age where you're all super excited about that. So it was a good time to hit that sweet spot, you know. Where, uh, speaking of sweet spot, where, in your in your travels, where was the place that you rolled into town mm-hmm. and you knew, okay, the chicks dig American guys. This is going to be a fun weekend. Was there one area in particular that uh, jumped out? Well, Mombasa, Kenya. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, they really, you know, they liked uh, Americans. There was just, 
you know, there's a lot of poverty there. So there, people are looking for someone that's going to, you know, be the looking for a uh, way white, out. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the the shining prince, you know, knight in shining armor. Yeah, um, but I, no, I I can't say, you know, I ever took you know took to the beach it was like hey ladies but then again that's not really my personality anyway yeah. i was never the you know <laughs> finger pistol sending people drinks it was more <laughs> hanging out with the people that i went to with and you know so but uh yeah sailors are pretty salty no you know? hey, and they you always go right to the strip bars or uh you know if there's any uh like if they know an, an area of town like oh, i know it you know yeah where the they are they at. know yeah they know where to get uh, on the down low exactly yeah. I mean yeah you need whores or fireworks you talk to a sailor it's pretty <laughs> it's pretty simple that's what they know it's true I mean and you know what it, when you're on the ship all the time I mean you could be at sea for you know ten days fourteen days so even if you you go ashore and you know go and this off is like, like this is like pre online pornography this is too like, I mean there, we didn't have any uh, internet or anything like that yeah. when you're when you're out of sea but you would get out and go you go off for a hundred two hundred bucks or you know just woo but then that was two hundred dollars but you know. You're basically, you know, stretching that over two weeks. Like, eh, <laughs> it's okay. I used to keep a bike on every ship that I went on. Oh, really? And I just, you know, keep it in my room. And then when they put the gangway down, I could just go and bike around the city for as long as I could. Oh, a lot of times, awesome. uh, you stand watches and you could trade your watch with somebody if you wanted to have more, uh, more time ashore. You say, Hey, I'll cover your, cause sea watches are eight hours a day, but it's four hour increments. So it's 12 to 4, 4 to 8, and 8 to 12. So you do work eight hours within a 24-hour period, but it's broken up in four-hour blocks. Oh, okay. So if, like, I'm on the 12 to 4, and you're on the 4 to 8, I'll cover from 12 to 8. And then, you know, the next time, you cover from... Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll switch just, it out. So you switch it out so I can, you know. So you have more time to uh, go see the sights. Yeah, maybe get on a train somewhere. Cut loose, know. man. Cut loose. Yeah, I did that one time, and I went to the... um to the zoo in Shanghai, and uh, it was it was great. It was a lot of fun. I mean, they the, the animals there. You could tell <laughs> you could tell that they you know had a better life outside of <laughs> the plexiglass. You know? Yes, but uh, I'm yeah, glad I've I gotten went. that from almost every zoo I've gone. <laughs> the exception being San Diego Zoo and their Wild Animal Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Then you feel like, especially the Wild Animal Kingdom or whatever that. It's almost like a game preserve where they just have these massive chunks of land yeah. that the animals are running around on. You You're know, like, this is a pretty good life. There used to be a, a, something called the Wild Animal Park uh, where the Irvine uh, Spectrum, the Spectrum or the Irvine Amphitheater, the, the concert venue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That used to be a zoo that you could drive your car through and they had tons of exotic animals there and you could just – you know, you leave the windows open, but you drive through and there's some stuff there. That's awesome. Wow. I was just thinking about, um, I don't know what it came about, but my, when we went to, um, we took a family trip down to San Diego. I think it was mm-hmm. actually when I graduated college out here. Uh, my family came out and visited me. We went down to San Diego and we went to, um, one of the, one of the, you know, little areas we checked out was the gorilla house or whatever, the monkey mm-hmm. house, whatever. Mm-hmm. We're hanging out and then, you know, like a hundred yards away, there's these uh, gorillas, and obviously there's like a big ravine separating you. Knock yeah. on wood, yeah, yeah, exactly. Until, until they on... build a ladder until with they... like a fallen banana tree. Right, you're like, we're not that far off from these, <laughs> and we figured out a way to trap them. Yeah. Ultimately, it's yeah. only a matter of time. We've all seen the movies, exactly. It's yeah. And my dad is, uh, you know, kind of a goofball in his own right, and he's hanging out, and he sees one of these, uh, like, you know, like one of these gorillas, and he starts like making a face and sure. like, hoo, 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 so let me get this straight. Your father was aping. Yes, hey, oh, exactly. I'm sorry that took so long, Sean. It's all right. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, literally, my dad was doing an impression of an ape to the ape. And you could see, like, this ape was kind of getting annoyed by it. And, sure. like, he started moving around. And we're like, what the heck's going on? That the, He turns his back. And then he keeps, like, he keeps turning his head, looking uh-huh. over to see uh-huh. if my dad's still there doing the thing. <laughs> and he's just packing up this thing. And then out of nowhere, this huge clod of, like, dirt and, like, monkey crap comes wow. flying wow. out over at my and dad. Good for, good for the monkey. Yeah, yeah sure he was... your father's a good man, but... <laughs> 
you know. No, he he had it coming. He realized uh, he realized he he deserved uh, to be best with. Right. I I almost like to think in that story. You know, this is the plan that the monkey came up with. The next time something like that happened. Oh yeah. Like the first time he just got mad and the guy got to walk away. <laughs> this time your dad came in. He's like, all right, fuck this guy. I got this. Uh, so I, I can't I imagine my, the F word. Am, am I, oh, I yeah, yeah, to? that's fine. Yeah, I can't imagine my dad's the first guy to think, hey, there's a monkey. I'm on a family vacation. <laughs> I'm going to mess with it by intimidating. And he also what he was doing besides like, you know, gesturing like a monkey. Right. He kept doing this like bird whistle. This like, sure. <laughs> Oh, sorry. That's driving sorry, my dog sorry, crazy. I, yeah, I had on the list this morning tonk creatures. Yeah, exactly. I said I tonk creatures. I'm gonna tell. It's my vacation too, son. <laughs> uh, uh, poor monkey. Uh, well, he should uh, he should have been faster than uh, his friends because they seem to have gotten they, away. Huh? They did all right. That's right. Now, so when uh when's when's the merchant marine lifestyle no longer uh, no longer when's the sea no longer calling your name? When I did it about five. When do you years. get rid of it as a mistress? Yeah, I did it for about five years. Now, what happened? Uh, Why? Why'd you decide I'm out of here? What was the? I would for this to do yeah, uh, to comedy do this, to do this. Yeah, to act and write and do stand up. And... Now, where were you doing? I mean, obviously in college or stuff like that, it's easier to kind of pursue the arts and stuff like right. that. Were you were you doing comedy? Did you have it? No. Did you have an idea you wanted to do comedy? When I, did the seed get planted there? I think it was always there from a kid because you're always you know joking around and realizing that you know you have the ability to crack people up. But I never performed uh, comedy or I didn't do any drama or anything when I was in school uh, until I moved here. But I remember like writing jokes down that like made people laugh. I just didn't. Now, do you do you I remember some of your early once. jokes? The one that I remember writing down first was um, oh, it was about like getting money at the ATM, and they have this trucker mirror behind you so yeah. that you can see who's behind you <laughs> yeah. as you're getting your money. It's like, oh, that's yes. what it looks like getting so stabbed. You can <laughs> so you can tell the officer, yeah, I got a good look at him. White guy, brown hair, really big head, and really skinny body. So, Oh, okay. That, no. was, it. that was the whole thing. <laughs> that was the whole thing. Sorry. Uh, that was a, a good, but good I remember, premise. Yeah, I remember making uh, somebody laugh with that. I was like, oh, I'll write that down. Before, I mean, that was at least a year or two before, before you I, started doing stand up before i even got up once yeah now were you okay so so you were just in the merchant marines you just mm -hmm. decided hey i have enough or i've had enough mm -hmm. they just uh, you were were you still living in orange county and now you know what i didn't really have a, a permanent residence like basically for about 5 years i would just be on just and rambling, off man. i would be on and off ships i would get a a ship and then be working on that when I got off, I would go backpacking for, you know, a couple few months. And when I came back, I would get another ship and kind of split. In between, I would stay at my parents for, you know, two, three weeks, maybe a month or something. Yeah. And head out from there. But as far as, like, physical mail-in address. But then when I did get off my last ship, one of my brothers and I got an apartment in Culver City. He was a school teacher and... uh you know, I was doing this. I, I basically started doing PA work for free. Okay. Yeah. I took whatever I could save from the um, Merchant Marine days and got an apartment and started working on sets. The rest is history. Started yeah. grinding away, doing uh, comedy. Emptying trash cans and, you know, doing spots. Climbing the ladder. Sure. As do you, does. Um, so now you've just done comedy primarily out of L.A. and you've been in L.A. for the majority of your time? Yeah. Yeah. I started here and I've been here pretty much the whole time. I do the road every now and again and festivals and, and things like that. Yeah. I know you got a lot going on. Uh, let's see. When did you put out your uh, CD? Was that like a year and a half ago? I did. Uh, the comedy stylings of Matt Knutson was uh, 10 5 10. Okay. October 5th, 2010. Okay. So yeah. Wow. So, yeah, That is a almost year. a year and a half. Or year, almost year two half. years. Yeah. Well, what was with June? Two yeah. years in October. Yeah, two years in October. I did like the the uh, the dates because I, I put it out through Rooftop Records, and they're like, "Here's some release dates we can offer you." And I said, ten five ten. Yeah, and it then, sounds you know snazzy. How you, like you like attach uh, <laughs> some kind of significance to the numbers. Yeah, you become a numerologist. <laughs> sure. I was like full and then half, and now I'm full. <laughs> and, uh, Meanwhile, know. everyone who probably got the CD was like, "Oh yeah, cool CD. I like yeah. Matt's comedy. It's ten five ten. What the? What, what are you talking about? Oh yeah. I guess it's October. 
Yeah, I guess you're right. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> no one's aware of it. Makes makes sense to me. I remember I was doing a, a like a, some voiceover thing for a DVD that was coming out, and and their release date was September 11th. So I was just like, coming September 11th, it's Snow Dogs 4, you know? And it was, just, and it was like, like two or three years after, you know, 9-11. It's just like, can you, how about we do it on the 12th? What right. Say we just, yeah. How important is it that it happens on this day? I know. And especially Snow Dogs. Come on. At least that's a holiday film. You want to push it to November, October. <laughs> I, full disclosure, I made up Snow Dogs for right, I don't, sure, I don't remember I, what it was, but, uh. Yeah. No, there's no reason it has to be brought out on 9-11. Sure. Yeah. Take, I, just take a minute. Take a deep breath. Yeah, you know, come on, guys. Yeah. We can all we all know what happened on nine eleven. Let's just let's have some common sense there. Even if you release it at twelve oh one a.m., why uh, not release it on Pearl Harbor Day? I feel like most <laughs> people don't remember what day that was. Sure, I, it was a national tragedy. It was fifty years ago. We were sixty years ago. We seem to have moved on from it. Yeah, yeah. Release it on that. If you're set dead set on releasing it during a day where the U.S. experienced a national tragedy, right. May I recommend yeah. Pearl Harbor? If you like infamy, try Snow Dogs Four. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God! In the same way that the um, the terrorists took down the towers, these snow dogs are going to take down the other contestants in the Iditarod. Or are they? Three question marks with an exclamation point. (laughs) The only thing they're extreme about is extreme snow dogging. There has to be at least one uh, uh, cutaway to like a character breaking the fourth wall, looking at the lens. (laughs) What? (laughs) What? Snow dogs, really? Yeah, and then and then a a six year old saying, "I love you, snow dogs," (laughs) and like hugging one of them, and then the snow dog does a terrible CGI wink with its eye. The wink sound effect's always interesting. We're producers, right? I mean, are we writing some of this stuff down? Um, This is gold. I feel like we should, man. I feel like we should. We're we're really getting to something here. Listen, (laughs) when is the show started? That is what we're going to do. Is we're just going to send this out to production companies. They'll get they'll get a taste. They'll be able to figure. It out. Sure. We'll hey, be, don't, uh, don't forget to beam it to space in case uh, you know exactly. our overlords are listening. That's why. That's when the aliens are going to attack. Once they start getting all the podcasts that have been coming out. <laughs> that the I Love Lucy. They're they're right now. The aliens are enjoying the golden age of television. Oh, oh, oh the moon launch. Look at them. Oh, the sixties are good. Oh, the seventies. Wow, yeah. we're just getting Janis Joplin. Well, oh, I'll tell you good what, Norman Lear is really in <laughs> has hit his stride. Yeah. In like ten Lear. years, they'll be getting Nirvana, the grunge scene. Okay. Sure. I I get it. I get it. And, sure. then, and then just the awful decade of pop culture that we're probably in right now. And sure. Just plethora of podcasts. They're just going to be overwhelmed. It's going to take down the ship, man. Yeah. And then when uh, 2008 hits them, their whole entire financial system is going to implode. Exactly. And it's going to take a long time to recover. Then once their 2010 happens, they'll be like, wow, we we came to terms with it thanks to Matt Knudsen's comedy <laughs> CD. Kill them all anyway. <laughs> Yeah. Now, Matt, you were on a you did a, an appearance on the uh, Conan O'Brien show. I, I was you on did Conan a O'Brien. Man. Very good set, man. Thank that you, was Sean. that was really cool to see you on there. Thank it's, you, dude. I had a great time. He's one yeah. of my heroes. Now, I guess uh, for people who have never been on uh, the Conan O'Brien show, which mm-hmm. I imagine are the majority of the people listening to it. Now, Conan was a guy I always admired growing up, and and you know, getting into comedy mm, and. Me too. Uh, you know, took a day off from high school to go see a Conan taping. Sweet. Always, always looked up to him. Yeah. You know, just like a goofy, awkward Irish Catholic guy. I, yeah. I felt like I could relate to him on some level. Now, like, take us through that that day of the taping. Kind yeah. of like, what's your routine? Are how nervous are you? I, I, it's annoying when people ask, sure. "Are you nervous?" Obviously, you're going to be nervous, but sure. kind of what was your what was your game plan going into that? Um, well, first and foremost, I love Conan too. I'm I'm with you all the way. Uh, and everyone that works for him as well is super duper cool. So he was great. And it just kind of like a top down thing. You could just feel everyone, you know, setting you up to be successful, which was really nice. Like they sent. They're rooting for you. They're rooting for you. Yeah, exactly. So they sent a car, uh, oh, to pick nice. up me and my wife. They drove us to the studio. And also, too... Like, I thought that'd be more of a girlfriend thing, but all right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, honey, they said you can't come. Uh, anyway, get no, in it's, here. No, it's not really a wife thing. <laughs> Sheila, get over here. <laughs> 
that's I told you, you. That's something you do to impress the chick. A sure. Chick, right? Yeah. On a, on a first. You already, date you already got device. the wife. Yeah. But. Yeah. But uh, they sent a they sent a car. They picked us up. Uh, I was able to um, get a, a few of my friends like that could hang out in the green room, and then they went out into the taping. Actually, uh, the week before. I went with Mike Kaplan. Do you know Mike Kaplan? Yes. He's been on the program as well. I love that guy. So he, uh, he did a spot uh, the week before and I was his guest. Oh, so okay. I was able to go and check it out. And see, I think that would guy. be really comforting for me. I always like doing a show where either I've, something to me is calming about going there and either seeing a show. Yeah. Getting a feel for just your space, the layout, yeah. how the acoustics, how it sounds to be performing yeah. stand up. Yeah. So I was hanging out in the, um, you know, in the green room, right. so to speak. One green room to the next. They had a, a um, you know, a, I had my own dressing room and I brought in some music and was just, they had food and people hanging out. Uh, Jimmy Pardo, who I've known for years and I love that guy, came by my dressing room and was like, hey, congratulations. He's the, uh, he's the warm up guy. He's the warm up guy. Conan. He's, uh, never not. Not punny, uh, not punny. No, never not punny. Yeah, uh, yeah, never not funny podcast. So he came by and said hello, and um, I know a couple few of the other writers, uh, Lori Kilmartin, yep, and Brian Kylie, Josh Cohen, Todd Levin, he's been on. Yeah, I don't know Todd. Um, per Dan se. Cronin, we just did a comedy garage with him. Cool. Yeah, so so those people um, stopped by the room too and said hey congratulations and all that stuff so it was very nice and and relaxing See, i would too. feel like if someone said congratulations to me before i taped it i'm like what what are you trying to jinx it yeah, j- I, shut there's up. still a chance i could blow this yeah, yeah so um when they started the taping my wife and my guests went out into the studio audience they had a few uh seats roped off for them when kona got introduced uh, they had the the band and i stood like off in the wings behind the band and watched Conan do the monologue, and he also had a video that they had done a like a field piece of him learning how to drive a monster truck. Oh yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yep. really, really fun. Yeah, I so watched that, that whole episode. That was the um, that was the piece of the night. And um, they came back to him, and he did the intro. He's like, "All right, we have this, this, this." And then comedian Matt Knutson. And after that, uh, I just felt very like relaxed and, and you at felt peace. calm. And I went back to my room and hung out until they came and. And got me. I didn't watch any of the other shows. I was just kind of. You got in your own. You, I, did, you yeah, didn't watch. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, do you, I didn't watch you, it later. You have like a beer, anything? Tea, no, coffee. What no. are you? What are you doing? Uh, no. Usually, um, just water. Just water. Yeah, just water. If I have any kind of alcohol, uh, it always makes me a little like. Even if it's just a beer, because I talk so slow. If it gets marbly mouth, it's. Well, and especially and see, and especially your style, it's very, it's very timing oriented. I would yeah. say, like, very. Yeah. I think for I know what you're saying, like your style, you have yeah, it's like these, yeah, I don't know, it's just, I guess yeah, it's like well, it's a well polished machine, and yeah, I feel like thanks, if you man. if you drank your style, it wouldn't it wouldn't help. You know, some people ha- sloppy, yeah, some people's style it lends itself more yeah. to kind of that, but I they're fueled. Yeah, right. yeah. I'm more hampered than fueled by alcohol, <laughs> which you know. I don't know. I'm probably a little of both. I'm fueled and <laughs> uh, and hampered career wise. I remember, uh, you know, doing spots when you first start, and I'm like, oh, I'm so nervous, and you're like, get a shot, yeah, get yeah, a you know. But I, that's that's been years, and I I thought that would work because it does work on westerns. Right, uh, apparently. Yeah, yeah, it gives them courage. Oh, it's ten a.m. I better give me a shot of whiskey. <laughs> I'm gonna have a gunfight in two hours. Now yeah. I know you got a um, you had a part in a uh, pilot. We were just uh, talking about this the other day. I did. I did a uh, uh, part on Go On with Go On. With I, I want to say Perry. Hang On for some reason, but yeah, Go On. Well, you can call it Hang On. I sure. Mean, thanks, a, man. You know, <laughs> just let's call it Hang On. For now. So you're on the set of Hang On. I was on the set of Hang On. There's me and the little kitty. We're on the tree branch posing for the photo <laughs> and uh, the photographer saying <laughs> Just hang on. Hang man. on, kitty. Remember so what, Scholastic uh, Books? They would, oh, yeah, yes. Yeah, yes. That you get that poster and like yeah you get that little uh, you get that little book club little like oh man this is so exciting yeah. i can order uh, you can order books about sports and super goosebumps. fudge yep. thank you judy bloom 
Yeah, that. and then you go to recess and you come back and the kids that order the books, they're sitting on their desk. Ah, I got three books. And yep. And the kids most exciting. The books. Oh, bring the little envelope with like three ninety five <laughs> with the change all in and it. Your grandma gave you exactly. No, no personal checks. <laughs> Here you go. Take this nice envelope in. Take it. Yeah. Don't rip the corner. The change will all spill out immediately. Uh, yeah. So I did. Uh, uh, Go on with Matthew Perry. Matthew and basically Perry. the, the, the show is he's a sports guy and, uh, he, his wife passes away. And so he goes on this like leave and I'm the guy that takes over his radio show while he's gone. But like I'm on the air live and he comes back. Hey, I'm back and tries to, you know, hit the <laughs> ground running pretending he's okay. But he, he's not. So he still has to kind of, he's like, so you can come now- back after you come back from some, uh, Grief therapy. Yeah. So it was me, um, Matthew Perry, and John Cho. Oh, okay. Who, yeah. Uh, yeah, he was Kumar. the Harold and Kumar guy. Yeah, he was the Star Asian fellow. Yeah, the Asian Star fella Trek. Yes. Yeah, really, got really a, nice guy. Talented. Well, yeah, best of luck with that, man. Sounds like a uh, cool premise. Yeah, thanks. We'll see. I mean, you know, it could be something where they, they have more for the part or it could just be like a one-off thing. But, you know, most of the time they shoot so many pilots that just don't, go anywhere you right know? so if you get something that they that they choose and are excited about it's that's already such a big win anyway yeah so. no that's awesome man congratulations yeah. thanks man all right let's uh there's a couple of news stories i feel like are worth touching on did you know that uh amanda Bynes she got arrested DUI? for dui i yep. read that and i don't know if you saw so how amanda she, how she responded but uh this is pretty funny this is oh. basically how she handled oh sorry yeah no that's all right carry on okay uh so yeah this is how she handled her uh dui situation Insistent on proving her innocence, Amanda took to Twitter and reached out to the big guy himself for help, saying, Hey, Barack Obama, I don't drink. Please fire the cop who arrested me. I also don't hit and run. The end. <laughs> well, I don't see why he wouldn't take action on that immediately. Oh, immediately. Yeah. I Hot mean- chicks. The audacity of hot chicks is one of the things I'm most fascinated about. Just, sure. Hey. It's interesting. Did you know you were, that, that's uh, Barack Obama's book, The Audacity of Hope? Oh, yeah. Yes, no, the Audacity of Hot Chicks. That's yeah. the Amanda Bynes story. Interesting tie-in, whether you meant right. to do it or not. Oh, I, sl- I slip into a lot of yeah. gems, Matt. Beverly Hills Police Department. Yeah, so President Barack Obama, I understand you have. Yeah. <laughs> How long would that take for the guy to realize he was actually fired? Um, I know this sounds crazy, but the president called and he said you're fired. <laughs> Yeah, good one, Tony. <laughs> no, no, he he really did. No, yeah. no, you know how we were all joking about Amanda Bynes, uh, yeah. you know, trying to get you fired for yeah. using Barack Obama. T- turns out she can. She um, can. She can, and she did. He she, was in ta- he's in town uh, he's right in, now. Is he? Yeah, he's in town. Uh, I think for that's two why days. I was hitting such awful traffic. Yeah, she's doing a lot of fundraising for the president. So I'm sorry, we're gonna have to cut you loose. Sure. We need to get funding. We need right. to get these rubber bullets and some tear gas. I'm sorry, it's yeah. nothing personal. We gotta let you go. The bare necessities. Yeah. See, now this is where you wish – now, as much as I give the president crap for like – you know, being too involved in pop uh-huh. culture and being kind of a star fucker. This is almost where I would just love a sense of humor if he just sarcastically wrote back, I'm on it. Yeah. <laughs> just to, Got it. B.O. Do you follow him on Twitter? Uh, you know what? I don't because it's not, yeah. it's just like, all right. It's just like signing up for some campaign emails. Sure. I read the paper. I, yeah. I have an idea of what he's up he to. He signs his own, all his tweets. If he writes them, they're signed B.O. B.O. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he keeps I met him. I, uh, I, Wait, we, you met Barack Obama? I went to the White house uh, and shit. i got to meet him and talk with him for a few minutes and really he was amazing yeah why this was not in my notes no uh Tell this was story, a, a personal anecdote i my brother-in-law made an iphone app called imutator which is you take someone's picture and you're able to draw dragon layers and make them uh, like a, a creature you know like huh. there's a zombie layer a witch a mummy so you can like give them horns or make their eyeball pop out but uh michelle obama found the app online and was like oh this would be a great um party gift for our white house halloween party so she contacted my brother-in-law and uh he said up these things with him and a couple of guys. He owns a, a special effects company. So we went in there. We set up uh, in the blue room of the White House and had these handheld iPod touches and uh, iPhones. So you take someone's picture and then it was connected to like a, a 60 inch monitor. Oh, so wow. you had their image up there, but you're also kind of like mutating their face as they're watching <laughs> the big screen. And then underneath when they like, is this, what do you think? Is this what you like? Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, you hit print on the phone 
and it sends it to the printer, and then they had these kind of pre-printed frames, like paper with the you know the frame that's already printed yeah. out, and it said uh, "Happy Halloween, White House, 2010." Wow, that's great. So yeah. were you? All right. So what did uh, what did you and Obama? Was it just you and Obama? Here's the thing. Uh, we were in the 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 blue room and the. Sorry, what's the blue room? The, if you if you right when you go into the to the White House, there's this big marble parlor, and uh, if you walk straight under that uh, under that, uh, there's this arch, and the blue room is right there. It has like the, you know the big. Uh, if you see any shots of a big chandelier. That's okay. the that's the blue room. So the blue room, the view from that, it looks out directly onto the South Lawn, and it's a straight shot to uh, the Washington Memorial, uh, and the Lincoln, uh, the Washington Monument, and the Lincoln Memorial. So that's where they put us. We were there for like fifteen minutes. Marine One landed. Obama got off. By the time he came into the uh, to the room, it was a few minutes later. I was doing a staffer because once like people got their pictures taken and they went back because it was before the party started. Like butlers and security and things like that, they came by our station and we right did this, when the we, Secret Service they're not yeah they're not hooking up with whores. They came by and like hey, they give came me by, a goofy hey, what's face? A fiction. <laughs> so once people like would take their printed picture and then they end up going back to like the kitchen or the you show know. people and they're like, they're oh, like I want where'd one. you get that so by the time uh obama came like all the staffers were like hey so uh, what's going on buddy yeah so there was just one guy really uh put together guy uh his name is steve and I, how do you do steve nice to meet you so we took a picture uh, i took a picture of him and he's up on the big board and uh i had been working on it for like a minute just kind of chatting and i hear uh Obama's voice from over my shoulder. He's like, Steve, what are you, what's he doing to you here? Steve, what's going on? <laughs> and so I was standing shoulder to shoulder with Steve. I, uh, you know, kind of backed up my left foot to open my shoulder so Obama could join our pod. Yeah. You know, and he, and he shook my hand. He's like, yeah, thanks. Thank you so much for being here. And I said, it's a real honor to meet you. Or I don't even really remember what I said, but, um, but that, yeah, that was it. Wow. And then that's they awesome. had the, uh, the whole party was for, um, for wounded service men and women and their families. So the party was like from seven to nine. And was there any the Obamas <laughs> hung out in our, in the blue room all the time. That, that, that event was like the hit of the, the party. Wow. They had some other like kids dancing and singing and, you know. Yeah. But the White House too is a incredible art gallery. If you, I mean, you go and you see these presidential portraits like Lincoln in the chair, you know, that's hanging on a wall in a room that you, you know. That's awesome, man. It's pre- Such it was history. A, it was amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. And was there any? Now this is probably in poor taste, but sure. Was, was the wounded people were there? Um, or was it their families? No, or? I think it was. I think it was their family. There wasn't. I don't remember uh, uh, a lot of you know injured people. I I, it, I don't know exactly. I just think it would be. For. It would be a weird. It, like, oh, hey, I'm going to turn you into a monster. I'm already a monster. Goddamn. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Goddamn. Poon Jabs yeah, in Pakistan yeah, turned me true. into this monster. <laughs> So you want the picture? Or no? <laughs> yeah. yeah, but they were very nice and they're very gracious. And uh, uh, I was talking to, with uh, Michelle Obama. There was uh, a guy who was trying to take his picture with her, and like, hey, can I? Can I? Get, would you mind if I with my family? And she was very gracious, and she explained. She's like, I um, I, I don't really stop. I can't really stop for every picture of people who want one. I you know, if you you want one, just kind of catch as catch can, and you know, I don't really pose for photos that aren't official and i was just standing next to her and i leaned in and i said yeah i, I have that same policy <laughs> and she she like like leaned back it was laughing and like rubbed me on the back she's like you were oh, so wow. funny you I'll be, oh man oh. and i was like uh, oh that's got to be great for the wife when oh. she's like tired of hearing your bits or yeah. oh matt will you yeah. stop goofing around you know who thinks that's funny <laughs> michelle obama michelle right obama. yeah you saw how what a hit that monster app was i could be out of here tomorrow <laughs> I have cable TV credits, sweetheart. Yeah, hey, I'm gonna listen, blow this joint. I don't know if you knew I was on Men of a Certain Age <laughs> on TNT, but that's like, yes, you made us watch yeah. the episode a yeah. few times. Did you ever see The Protector on Lifetime Television for Women? <laughs> I was on that. Yeah, but that was, uh, yeah, it was unforgettable. I mean, it'll, I'll remember that for the for the rest yeah. of my life. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Even. I think even if you're not a fan of the president, regardless, just being able to meet the president, there's still something really cool about that. And yeah. in particular, Obama does seem like a, a charming guy and stuff, even if you don't agree with his yeah. policies or whatever. He, he seems and, like a, in, uh, a, a cool dude. In his house. 
you know, yeah, hanging it's out not his like pad, leaning man. over like a guardrail, brushing his, you know, right. his cuff of his sleeve. It was, no, yeah, it was a legit interaction. Yeah, and he. Um, now you said you got. A, did in, you get a handshake? Got a handshake. How was got it? Got some contact. Very firm. Very yes. uh, presidential. It felt confident. <laughs> How do you yeah, smell? I felt relaxed. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> and he checked in with everyone and he, cause we were, I mean, we were volunteering. We weren't like making any money on the deal, but he made sure that everyone that was there for free, if he was near them, he would go over and hey, and you know, get a handshake and, and Sounds a, like a, a, solid a moment. Dude. Rock solid dude. Now does that affect your, uh, who you're going to vote for in 2012? Uh, I'm still going Romney. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hello America. <laughs> Yeah. That would be awesome. If there's one thing I like. It's the thing that you like. It's Whatever like, that is, vote for me. <laughs> like, you know, I, I have to say, I think all politicians are going to, you know, be weaselly and crafty and change language that they, it's just, it's part of the game. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I think Romney's whole thing was that, yeah, I mean, in the primaries, he tried to present himself as a conservative so he could win the you know, win the Republican nomination, and now that he's won the nomination, he wants to present himself as more of a moderate so he can beat President Obama. It's right. it's not that crazy of a uh, it's not that crazy of a game, Matt. We're gonna shake up the Essex sketch. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah, okay, that was a even if that's true, you're just supposed to think that and not say that out loud. Don't make that a soundbite. But know, those, exactly. like, I mean, politicians, you see them like. I wouldn't want to do that. You know, they're like at like these diners oh, doing no. FaceTime with people that are not going to even go to the polls. But it's like 530 a.m. Hey, how you doing? The, the great thing about comedy is at certain points you can just draw a line in the sand and go, hey, listen, I'm not everyone's cup of tea. Some people aren't going to like it. I'm fine with that. Me particularly more so than people, other people. I call those people the general public. Yeah, or uh, Hollywood in general. But at some point you're just like, all right, uh, not everyone's a fan. Or Sure. The majority of people aren't my fan, but the politician of just like everyone is a potential boss or a potential vote, that Correct. kind of pressure yeah. to just appease everyone and has got to be insane. You look at someone who like, his approval rating is 62%, so he's very popular. That means he's like 40% win. of the people actively uh, don't like you. Yeah, that sounds like the, my user channel comments <laughs> yeah, on the, all my videos. Yeah, I know. Mean, no, screw this guy. I get self-conscious. Yeah, when you post something on YouTube, this guy should kill himself. Uh, it seems a little extreme, but you can imagine yeah, that right. times a million, times a million. for the present. How but come I, you didn't hit me back with an at response? I messaged you. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, didn't get to it. Follow me so I can DM you. <laughs> I, uh, that's okay. <laughs> All right. I'm surprised he, how much I know about Twitter. Did you see? And I, I didn't just make up those terms. Those no, actually, those are actual industry actual, terms, man. Yeah, yeah. That's possibly why, uh, you know, things are going well for you or me. I'm what? still trying to figure out a hashtag. That's why career's not popping off. Well, let me strong. just say this, Sean, and I hate to brag. My followers, there, there is a comma. Involved in the number. Wow. We're talking four digits oh, here. Yeah. Four, di <laughs> four digits. All right, let's see here. One more news story. I feel like oh. this is a this is a pretty hilarious situation. And um, uh, if I'm ever you know having any issues, I'm just assuming a, a, a Twitter message to you will be all I need to yep. get action. Okay, just checking. Take care of it. Yeah. When the moment happens, <laughs> hey, I'll take. <laughs> I'll take care of it, Matt. Thank I got you. your back, sir. Thank Here you, you go. Here's, uh, this was making some news up in Oregon. She was looking for a husband. Instead, she got herpes. <laughs> the woman testified that the- Just probably one of the greater lines in broadcast news. <laughs> First time they had sex, she asked him to wear a condom. Stories he said, like okay, never, but the next thing- when they introduced the first thing, the second thing is never the same thing. Yes. She was looking for her husband and found one and became happy. <laughs> exactly. It's like, no, no. It's so, like what she found, a little- Fast, uh, we're kind of pushed against time here, oh, but- Oh, sure, no, no. That was, I mean, oh. that could just be its own standalone bit. Yeah, yeah. In fact, that might be part of your intro music one, from now on. It was on. too late. Afterward, he broke the news. He had herpes. She kicked him out Sounds of her like house and decided Ew. to sue. Yeah, her footprints were burning holes in the carpet. <laughs> There's angry, and then there was this is her lawyer. how she felt at that time. An antibody test a week after the encounter established beyond any doubt that she got the disease from the dentist. To make it worse, this woman had a bad reaction to the antiviral medication, losing chunks of her hair, gaining 30 pounds. She faces outbreaks at least six times a year 
and worries it's ruined her chances of the one thing she's always wanted, a husband. And she's back on the market. Wow. She knew that wow. it was a lot of money and that it and it was her life that was in the balance. Those are, Noah Brimhall sat on the jury. He knew he had herpes and he knew that having herpes and having sex was a risky thing to do and that's offensive. The jury. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, anyway. Wow. Long story short, the woman got $900,000 oh, for nice. this dentist giving her herpes. Pretty crazy. And story. free caps. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Free, tell you what, free caps, and then when you get old enough, I'll give you a dental implant. The crazy part is the guy, she was like 59, and he's 71 or something. Wow. Like, it was a crazy – I mean – I'm just impressed that 71, you're still cruising around. Sure. Hey, if I'm 71, I, I kind of side with the guy. If I'm 71, I'm not wrapping it up. What's right. the worst case scenario? You know, <laughs> you're not, you're, you're postmenopausal, right, honey? Like, isn't that, isn't that the benefit of being seniors and having sex? It's you just... had a hysterectomy, right? Yeah, let, let, let's go do this. You see those bushes over there, Connie? Let's just, uh, let's make some magic happen. All right. Now, well, uh, yeah, I, 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 that's a sad story. Hope. It's a bummer, but yeah, 900 grand sounds a little high to me. Well, I mean, I got herpes for free, Sean. Exactly. I got zero dollars when I. <laughs> what happened to just? Uh, hey, I'll take care of your medication. Here you go. Yeah, like you said. Right. Hey, next teeth cleaning's on me. <laughs> Apologies all around. And then they uh, send you home with one of those uh, kits that you chew, and it's a red pill, so you can see where you have plaque. After yep. brush. Remember that? Hey, what about the free toothbrush, all right? <laughs> that was a great way. Encourages sure. proper dental hygiene. Sure. sure, I don't know about proper sexual hygiene, but no. I know how to get rid of plaque. Right. All My right. floss is coming from a, a stripper's thong. <laughs> exactly. He was, yeah, he was flossing the wrong thing there. Yeah, he was. Oh, well, Matt, uh, appreciate you coming on the show, man. A lot of fun. Oh, Sean, I had a blast. Uh, so did I, man. So did I. Good times. Where can, uh, where can people check you out? Uh, MattKnudsen.com. M-A-T-T-K-N-U-D-S-E-N.com. And I put all my, like, social networking buttons, like Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, all that stuff. So you go to one place and then click on and link from there. So Sounds good, man. I was tired of having, like, 19 different destinations. So right. Yeah, tie it all together, man. I swept it into a pile. Tie it all together. All right. And uh, I got a couple dates here. We have the Comedy Garage, uh, June 16th over at Rafa's Lounge in Echo Park. And I'm uh, coming back to Philly, the Underground Arts Theater, July 20th. More details to come, of course. SeanTGreen.com. Thank you, everyone, for listening to The Green Room. We do it live here every week in The Green Room. Thanks, y'all.